What's your dream? What's your goal? What's your motivation? What's important to you? What's your passion? What can you do to change the world? This is What's Involved. Conversations with thought leaders and change makers from around the world. Hear stories of hope and inspiration to help motivate people like you to live your life, find your passion, and live your dream. Together, we can all bring positive change to our world. Now, here's your host, David Watts. Once again, it is What's Involved. Welcome. Good to have you along with us. Uh, This particular edition of What's Involved is proudly brought to you by Capital Legacy, South Africa's number one wills and estates specialist. And I'm joined at this time by the CEO and founder of Capital Legacy, uh, Alex Simeonides. And uh, we've been doing this over the last couple of months. It's always good to to learn more about this stuff. How are you doing, Alex? Yeah, I'm good, David. Um, I'm really, really good. Uh, Thanks for having me again. It's always, always uh, a pleasure. Uh, this month, uh, we said we're going to be talking about um, uh, uh, wills and trusts and worldwide wills as well. Um, and when, when I think about that, I mean, you guys have blown me away right from the beginning because I thought, you know, you have a will, you write on a scrap of paper and you tell people, I will, that's what I want you to have, have a nice day, but it doesn't work like that. So let's get into this thing because by now I'm sure the people listening are all about uh, capital legacy, but maybe somebody has been under a rock and they don't know uh, who capital legacy is and what they do. So uh, just give us another quick overview of capital legacy, Alex. No, sure. Sure. Um, so yeah, David, uh, we've, you know, like I said before, we've been going now for 10 years and uh, in 10 years we've, we've now done, we've helped 500,000 people, with their wills and and that all comes from one simple mission uh, and it's something that we've we've crafted and recrafted and that's simply put to to make the the loss of a loved one easier and it all begins with with getting the will and and now given the subject matter we have on hand today uh, and as you said it's not just about doing the will there's different wills for different needs and i'm glad we got this subject matter today because we get to talk about these bespoke wills that that may be right for you uh, that we've created over these these last 10 years which is fantastic because i mean you know, I'd like to think that we definitely are helping the listeners, the public out there, um, just to become more au fait and, and more familiar with wills, estates, estate planning. Because we, let's be honest, and I mean, you've heard me say this a couple of times, it's not something we like to do. You know, we don't like to think about our own mortality or what's going to happen when we are gone. Now, the first chat that we had, we talked about why wills are important, unexpected legal fees, and the, the fact that uh, these days it costs you to die, which still does my head in. Um, last month, we talked about uh, winding up a deceased estate. Uh, today, we're looking at trusts and worldwide wills. So let's start off there. What is a trust? Because I've heard it, and it sounds like a fancy thing to have. But I don't know what it is or what it does. Well, that's exactly it. It's you know the perception is that they're very fancy tools for rich people, and nothing can be further from the truth. They are really quite spectacular solutions that you can use in your in your in your planning and use in your planning to to leave a legacy. So, in essence, what what a trust is to try bring it down to to layman's terms is that 
two things. Firstly, it it creates this legal entity, not a company, but like a company, this legal entity that doesn't own the assets you put in there. Okay. It appoints trustees, professionals whose job is to look after the assets that are in there for the sole benefit of the beneficiaries that you put down uh, as such. Okay. So that's really what it does. You know, if you're going to go create a company, the company would own the assets. Whereas a trust doesn't own the assets per se. Okay. They're there for the benefit of the beneficiaries, but they are looked after by these, these trustees who are professionals who are personally liable for that, for that obligation. David, there's two types of trust um, that we, we, your listeners may have come to to uh, heard about, and and the first is a is a is a inter vivos trust. This is something that you create now while you're alive, and it requires you to go and create this big whack of paper uh, that gets registered uh, at the master's office, and then and that's now while you're alive. And then there's and we we call that a capital legacy, a living trust. And then you get what's called testamentary trust. These are trusts that you create in your will, and they only come about when you pass away, and your will is is basically the piece of paper that governs that, that trust. Both are actually, in the end, kind of the same. They do exactly what I said, is they, they allow you to create this entity that can have these assets, not put them directly in the hands of your beneficiaries, so there's no wastage, there's no loss, there's no stupidity with it, and it's there for their sole benefit. Now, I mean, I mentioned, and, and everybody always says to me that the, Nothing is, is really sacred with me when it comes to discussing things on air. But um, my fiancé's uh, parents who, who passed away, um, well, it's, I think it's going on two years now, they had a family trust. And that trust was, was sort of running totally independently. There was somebody else that was involved in the trust, and I think there was a lawyer and there was uh, there's property and rental and all sorts of things, um, and I was just wondering is, is is that the kind of thing? Because now that they've passed away, the trust still exists, and um, my fiance and her brother have now, I guess, become trustees of it. But then the other the other people want to. It's a complicated thing. How do I uncomplicate this? I mean, can't I just come to you and go, Alex? Don't you have, you know, like a package A, package B, package C for me um, to tell me what I should do in terms of a trust? Yeah, that, I mean, you, hit the, you kind of hit the nail on the head. Where there's a trust, there's a lawyer, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so to answer your question, uh, on that particular trust, I doubt it can be uh, unwound, but I, but I speculate that it was maybe the wrong thing that was done at the time. And, and that's really where these three uh, prepackaged solutions um, have come into great effect uh, for, for the clients of Capital Legacy. So simply put, what we've got is when you do your will with us, we don't force you now to do a trust and have all the expenses and the headache and the heartache. But yet when you pass away, you need the benefit of that of that trust. And, and obviously we discuss the fees. And if you've got one of our, our legacy protection plans, there are no fees when you pass away. So you take that out the argument. And the, the three prepackaged solutions are, are as follows. The first one is a, is a children's trust. That's specifically designed if you've got children and you need them to be uh, financially looked after and their needs met on an ongoing monthly basis. And it would, and it would, and it would have a, a, a termination date. Um, so you don't have this thing that just lasts and lasts and lasts with all the costs and complications. You know, when they maybe turn 21 or 25 or 23. Um, so it's, you know, they're no longer children. They, they're young adults. And that's what we call a children's trust that you can, 
creates in terms of of the um well interestingly we've actually just last week launched um a product that goes with the children's trust that can actually create the funding for their education and their their care needs so you can you can do the will and then you can actually also make sure that there's funds for it because the point is creating the children's trust and there's you know it's like an empty pantry with moss coming out of it um okay so so what is what is the product that that you you launched is it also like um because it, it's educare isn't it if i'm not mistaken correct yeah so so we we created a product now called educare and what it does is it, it's put snug into the children's trust and make sure we avoid the situation where this the person's gone about doing everything right they've got the will they've done the children's trust they've got children but they just simply don't have enough capital or insurance to actually pay the school fees and pay the medical aid um so so we've created this product to try solve the gap much like we did the legacy protection plan and the fees that we've discussed and you do pass away all right okay so 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 that that makes sense we're we going to have a break in just a second and then come back and discuss the other two but just for more clarity so a trust is this this almost like an, an independent entity but it's not a business but the trust itself can have assets in it uh, like i mentioned there could be properties there could be a business concern yeah. or invest or investments am i am i correct in assuming that absolutely can i pretty much anything and then um in terms of of your will you would then say okay um i want this trust to carry on now particularly with with the the children's trust until my children reach 25 years of age and then does the trust get dissolved and and the the assets then paid out to the children whatever's left in the trust will then be be paid out to the kids at that particular particular event uh-huh. okay that's yeah that makes it much clearer thanks alex cuz i've been totally confused by this whole thing this is what's involved it is proudly brought to you uh, by capital legacy South Africa's number one wills and estate specialists. My special guest is Alex Simeonides. We'll be back with Alex in just a bit. This is what's involved. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. More next. And we're back. What's involved? Proudly brought to you by Capital Legacy. My special guest is the CEO, Alex Simeonides. So just before the break, Alex, we'd, we'd spoken about the the sort of three kinds of, of trusts that you guys uh, have put together as packages. The one being the children's trust, which I, I totally get, and we clarified that. Talk to me about the others now. What's up next? So the uh, second one we, we do, um, and this is specifically to a situation where you've got a child who I'm going to use the incorrect terminology, uh, uh, but has special needs who, who need special care. Um, so, so you've got that situation, or maybe you've got parents who are in frail care, uh, or maybe you've got someone in your family who you are financially responsible for, but, but maybe they're just not up to managing the money and, and, uh, you know, it might have a gambling problem or a drug problem. So they've got, you know, these are, these are financial dependents who have particular needs that are going to last much longer than say 22 or 23 in the example that we had with the children's trust. And we call this a provider's trust. It's something that we create seamlessly off the will um, that is designed specifically for that to be open-ended for as long as they need that financial protection um, and financial provision. Um, and then the, the third one is one that we 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 engineered for a, for a, maybe a very South African situation. Um, so 
a lot of people, when they're doing their will, they want to leave a, a, a significant amount of money to their spouse, but they feel their spouse uh, thinks a, a budget is a target and that the money will be squandered, but yet they still need this this, this money to be available to their spouse so that they can be, be looked after. So the obvious solution is to put it into what a, a trust that you spoke about now, a, a family trust. But the problem with that, David, is that you then trigger a state duty, a tax, and 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 uh, that's very undesirable because then you know a good chunk of what you are trying to provide is going to get given to to the tax man. Um, and so what we've managed to create is what's, what's called the widow's trust. We created in terms of the will. The money can go into it. It's administered for the benefit of the spouse. It is ultimately their money. Um, and, and it's a lifelong, it's a lifelong trust for their, their lifelong trust. Um, but it doesn't actually have the tax on it, which is fantastic. Um, so it can tick all the boxes if you are in that particular situation. Um, uh. we typically use it when people have got, um, what I call excess wells, you know, it's above their bare, their, their, their minimum need. Um, and they just don't want that, that, that they want it all for their spouse, but they don't want to get wasted. Alex, this is one of those situations where I wish, for example, that my dad had known about this kind of, you know, trusts and, and the provider's trust, because as things stand now, um, you know, uh, my dad had passed away. Yes, there was uh, some money that was left to my mom, et cetera, et cetera. But um, that money, which in the old days sounded like a lot, is definitely not a lot these days. My mom and sister now live with us. My mom is is uh, just about 80 years old, uh, very frail and, you know, uh, with all the symptoms of getting older, the forgetfulness and everything. And uh, my sister is is disabled. She's uh, in a wheelchair for the most part. Now, if my dad had known about this, this would have been, I would think, an ideal way to go, okay, hang on, let's make sure that there's something available to look after them. Is this something in a case like this, you know, so now I'm looking after them and, and taking care of their needs, etc. But who's going to look after them when you're not here? If, if but, you know, well, that's what I was going to say. They're stubborn old ducks, those, and they may well stick around and, and, and you know, long after me. So is this where, something where I would then be looking at a you provider's trust? Definitely use a provider's trust. It's, it's going to, it's horrible to say, but it would, it would re- replace you when you're not here in the role that you're currently for as long as they live. Well, it's it's an interesting that you mentioned this because um, this was a discussion that uh, my, fans, my fiance and I had the other day. She was like, I don't want to be rude. What happens? What happens if you do get hit by that proverbial bus? Because um, you can't just assume that, you know, your your partner or your spouse will continue mm-hmm. to look after those people. No, I don't think it's fair either. I you know, I yeah, think. yeah. Okay, so now I want to do, or anybody listening wants to do a provider's uh, trust or a widow's trust, they would then talk to to one of your consultants. How do they put money or assets or anything into those trusts? What, what is the mechanism then? So the mechanism is, is your will. So you, you have to pass away because we don't want you to be creating these trusts now. You're not going to put anything in them, but you're going to have all the cost and the complication and the administration. You only really need it when you pass away to your example. So the mechanism is your will. And in your will, you would say, I want X and Y and Z to go into this trust. Aha. Okay. So that's where, all right. So, so, you know, I would need to then look at any of my assets and investments and all of those. All life insurances. Yeah. And say, okay, take that, put it into the trust. 
and that then needs to to look after them. Okay, that makes sense. And I would assume the same would 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 go as a widow's trust. Hundred percent. And what we often see with the widow's trust is it's normally the the surplus or residue. So specific things have gone to specific people, and and there's some excess or surplus, and that normally goes goes there. So just, you know, just for the listeners' benefit, that's normally what happens for the widow's trust. Yeah, I'm so glad we talked about this because I had no idea. I mean, like I said, I thought a trust was something only very rich people did overseas, you know, because they all talk about trust, trust fund babies and trust this is and that's and the next thing. But this is, this is accessible to a lot of people. It's, it's not the everyday man's and women's absolute. That's needed. No, it is. Absolutely. I mean, as as I'm looking at this, I'm going, ah, and it's the worst thing, you know, it's one of those, if only, if only I had known. Um, but anyway, we're going to move on because I think that, uh, we've still got questions and all sorts of things to do. So, uh, maybe we're going to dive in and chat about worldwide wills because I mean, every day there's people that are immigrating, leaving South Africa, um, and they do things. And I'll give you a prime example of something which really threw a spanner in the works for us is, um, my uncle spent his time between the UK and South Africa. So right. he had a home here in South Africa. He had a home in the UK. Um, and when he passed away due to, due to COVID, there was kind of this, this mad scramble because he had a will in South Africa, but then okay. he also had a will in the UK. And those two were different. Um, and it, it has caused immense confusion because, you know, I mean, they don't even have like lawyers over there because they call themselves solicitors for whatever reason. Maybe it's because they solicit for your business. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so, so how does this work, Alex? Help us out here. So look, I mean, I mean, the other situation is we've got lots of South Africans who are still here happily, but their money's not. Um, you know, they, they may be living here, but the assets are living elsewhere. So that's another situation. So you can go about having two wills or three wills or five wills. So maybe you've got some assets in the US and the UK and ours. And, and you can imagine trying to now maintain five wills, let alone two, let alone one. Um, and it's quite costly and, and you create, uh, you create arbitrage because, and I'm sure that's what you, you've experienced where, Fundamentally, the wills are different in their direction and, and you can create a, a lot of headache and heartache as a, as a result. So what we've come out with is what we call uh, is the worldwide will. And it's a singular will that you can do, uh, here in South Africa, but it reaches across all Commonwealth countries, all countries where you've got the freedom of testation. So it's those countries I mentioned and many, many more. And, and it can be used widely across the world. So if you pass away, that will can then be used in the UK and the US. And, and in that will, you then actually deal with all your assets, both here in South Africa, as well as in the UK or the US or ours or New Zealand or whatever the case, uh, Netherlands, whatever the case may be. And, um, and then you only have one will. And what it does is actually appoints, um, ourselves and international, uh, firms to that we've really sussed out. And so you don't get too over solicited, should we say. And, uh, and appoints us in a, as a team to be able to deal with the assets as they may be. Because the other thing is, David, you, you don't want to be doing wills on a reactive basis. You don't want to do something in, in, in business or whatever the case may be in Canada and then forget to do the will. You know, this can catch it 
Mm. Just can catch it preemptively because you've done a singular will that that foresees the future and you have an asset anywhere in the world and 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 goes out and deals with it. It does have its drawbacks. There's more Sorry, to it. Sorry, there, there is there is more to this though, Alex, and I want to get get into that uh when we come back because you've spoken about Commonwealth countries. Uh and I want to dive deeper into this whole thing because obviously there's places where um they don't have the same inheritance laws. So uh, we'll chat a bit about that when we come back. What's involved this week's edition? Proudly brought to you by Capital Legacy. They are South Africa's number one wills and estate specialists. Back with Alex in a bit. We'll be right back with more What's Involved. David would love to hear from you. To leave a voice message, visit whatsinvolved.com and click drop me a voice note. And we're back. What's involved? Brought to you by Capital Legacy. My guest is the CEO, Alex Simeonides. And uh, we're talking about uh, wills and trusts. And uh, now we've just, uh, before the break, got on to uh, worldwide wills. <laughs> WWW. It's confusing. Anyway, so now you said in various countries, like Commonwealth, like, like uh, uh, the, the USA or Australia, for example, um, we can go to somebody like yourself and say, hello, Capital Legacy, I want a worldwide will because um, I have money that's living in a Swiss bank account. I have investments that are living over here and this is over there. Um, and then you would be able to to take care of all of that. Correct, correct. So the worldwide will um, can solve a lot of problems, but it, it doesn't solve every problem. So, David, you know, if you have a property in in Italy um, or Portugal, these countries specifically have what we call forced airship uh, and mostly over property. And so what you would then need to do, and we would flag you for this, we'd say, well, where do you have these assets? If, it, if you do say Italy or Spain or, or somewhere like that, we would then say, okay, well, the worldwide world is not going to work there. You are going to need to do a worldwide world for everywhere else, but we're going to need to help you get a world in Italy. And, and then again, we will lean on our international uh, uh, firm of attorneys and, and get that done for you. All right, because yeah, that's that. It was one of the things I was going to say. I mean, um, like for example, um, Italy, Portugal. You mentioned those. Um, that that it it going to um, like a, a family member is is what will come first, if I'm understanding you correctly. Correct. Yeah, they've still got the old way of um, forced airship. More often than not, it's the firstborn uh, son that gets the property, no matter what you do in terms of a will. Um, Portugal, for example, has some very particular ways the will needs to have been drafted um, that we just cannot do, that nowhere else in the world really does, but you have to do it uh, for it to be valid. So so we, we've got flags that would then say, you know, Portugal, Dubai, Italy, and, and then we would help you get a second world there. But if it's not those countries, you can just use a worldwide will and and not have to stress yourself with. <sighs> you see, these are these are things that you just don't think about. And and I go back to to the the example of my uncle. I mean, if he'd done a worldwide will, okay, life would have been much simpler for everybody concerned. But he didn't. And there, as I said, there were two separate wills, and exactly as you mentioned, pointing in different directions. And you try and explain that to the Swiss bankers when you want to close down an account. And you've got two different sets of administrators to deal with. Yeah, yeah. Two different, yeah, two different meetings, two different this. 
Um, they need to talk to each other. No, it's a mess. Yeah, it was. And it is. It remains a mess. Anyway, um, so again, understanding you correctly, then here in South Africa, it's actually not too bad because um, in, in, we, we've got freedom in to say um, I can leave my money, my assets to whoever or wherever I want to. Whereas, as you said, older countries have got those specific laws. So we are quite progressive here in South Africa. Yay, there is hope for us. <laughs> oh, anyway, um, just, uh, Alex, I want to take a step back though, because um, I think we glossed over it and I don't think we, we should necessarily gloss over it. Um, the, the recent launch that you guys um, have have had um, the the educate now. If somebody has a will with you or not with you, does it make a difference, or can they still make use of educare? So, in our ideal world, um, the children's trust, which comes from our will, uh, uses educare. So that's the perfect scenario. But we have made provision in the product if a situation arises that it's not our will, and if there is no children's trust per se. The product does um, enable us to create a separate trust from the will that will then uh, deliver as the product has promised to do. So we do have this uh, plan B, if mm -hmm. you may, that's mm -hmm. built in the product. But it's not ideal. It's not ideal. Um, and we're also using the product as an opportunity for people to reassess the provisions they've made for their children that they should pass away. Because what we've discovered is is the, the cost of the care and the cost of the education is completely underprovided for. And we, we feel this every day when we're running these trusts and there's just not enough money. Um, so we, we're using the product to encourage people to go back a step and just reassess how much they've actually put aside so that they can actually meet the needs and not leave the trustees shortchanged for the beneficiaries. Yeah, you see, this is, and, and, and this is also a thing because, and, and I think back even to myself in the beginning and my, my parents is like, a, a will was was very often seen as something you do once and uh, then it's done and it's over. And, you know, most of the time in my experiences, um, wills have been been sort of, the, the banks have been executors, et cetera, et cetera, and responsible for wrapping it up. And people are reluctant to change that. But, I mean, if we now come across something like you guys, Capital Legacy, we go, hang on a second. These guys have been thinking here and they've got some plans and these plans can benefit um, my loved ones when I pass away. Why don't I just go and move my will and say, there we go, please do my will for me. Um, so there's not, there's, there's no need for a stigma to be attached to where your will is. Am I right? You're 100%. You're 100% right. And, you know, on the one side, and I'm going to contradict myself, the one side, you, you really do ideally want to build a will so robust and so strong that it can sit on your shelf and it doesn't need to be touched. But the realities of life happen and life changes and needs change. And you'll never get a perfect uh, the, on the first attempt. So in the same breath, you want your will to be robust and strong and, and with a reputable company. But at the same time, they may be left behind and, 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 and other providers come to the fore and you want to use new technology. I mean, you don't use the old dial telecom phone anymore. You use a cell phone. Um, you know, the same to be true with your death planning. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, when you first draft up the will, I think the first time I ever drafted a will um, was back in the bad old days when I was in the army and they weren't, uh, you know, they were sending us out to, to do uh, counterinsurgency operations. So 
you got to leave your 12 speed racing bike to your mom and your old bedside radio to your girlfriend, but you had to do will. Um, but like the first serious will thereafter was, was literally when, uh, when I bought a house and I was like, okay, what's going to happen now? We're just going to do this, that, and the next thing, not thinking about how things change. And I mean, even in terms of, of health, you have no idea um, what uh, your partner or your children's health is going to look like. So it is a good idea to be able to to do this this kind of thing. Alex, we, we're kind of reaching the end of our chat again. Um, mm-hmm. And I've got listener questions as well. So I tell you what, when we come back, can we dive into some of the listener questions uh, oh, sure. regarding oh, cool. regarding this? And then I've also got one that we didn't get a chance to talk about uh, last month. So uh, talk about that when we come back. It is what's involved, proudly brought to you by Capital Legacy, South Africa's number one wills and estate planners. Uh, back with Alex, as I said, in just a bit. Hey, like what you're hearing? Share the podcast with your family and friends and spread the word. This is what's involved. And we're back. What's involved? Probably brought to you by Capital Legacy. They say it's number one wills and estate specialists. Alex Simeonides, the CEO, is my guest. Uh, okay. Alex, questions. Let's start off with the one about uh, that I got uh, last uh, last month, and it was just too late yeah. to get into that episode. So uh, this person wanted to remain anonymous. They said, we had a legal company dealing with an estate. We, amongst others, were beneficiaries. The estate was paid out nearly two years after the death. They held back 50,000 Rand to cover possible extras. Six months after the payout, they asked all the beneficiaries to pay back around 40,000 Rand as they had made a mistake in the tax calculation. Uh, is this is this a normal thing that happens? And are we obliged to pay it back, says Anonymous? So this happens, this can happen a lot. Um, so what they basic what basically happened, David, is they got what's called a pre-inheritance. Um, there is no obligation to do a pre-inheritance, but it's a, a really nice thing that we can do as executors. If things are stalling, why would things stall? Well, because we're waiting for the South African Revenue Service to, to do the assessments of the final tax return. And so what clearly happened here is they, they took a, an estimate of what they think the tax bill will be. Um, and they did, they did well by the beneficiary to say, well, you know what? We're going to exercise our discretion and do a pre inheritance. When we do that as executives, we actually expose ourselves quite, quite a lot. But you know, you always want to help and not leave people in the lurch just because a tax bill is wait, waiting to be paid. What happens though is, is the South African Revenue Service can come back to you and then say, well, you know, we've looked at your return, much like when you're alive and we disagree with you and you actually need to pay this new amount. Um, and yeah, you unfortunately they need to pay back a little bit of money, but pay a bit of money back. So I don't think the, the air should punish the executives who are trying to do well by them. Um, it wasn't, it may have honestly been a mistake, but I don't believe it was a mistake because there's many tools available to us just to calculate the taxes. What I think happened is there was a reassessment of the person's earnings and SARS found maybe something that wasn't um, that maybe wasn't in the mix and they needed to pay tax on. So yeah, I would uh, say they need to pay the money back. Okay, so yeah, what what's the old saying? No good deed goes unpunished. Exactly. Um, so the idea there is that they they paid them out up front. Okay, all right, I I got that. Wow, 
And I gotta love SARS, man. Gotta love SARS. Anyway, okay, let's get on to some more relevant questions. Next up, uh, Tina says, uh, Alex, how many trustees can a testamentary trust have? Ooh, so I think the right question there for me is what, what are the right amounts of trustees for me? Um, you know, depending on your situation. I always encourage you to have um, a personal or personally appointed trustee, someone that's close to the children, um, close to the the, the 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 parents, whatever the case may be, that understands the the history and the needs from a personal point of view. But then also a professional company, a firm, individual who is uh, versed in the in the running of a trust and the and can take the professional. Uh, uh, and personal liability, because uh, remember you hold the assets on behalf of the, the beneficiary, so you take on you take on the liability personally if anything goes wrong. Um, so you have that nice check and balance. So I would always suggest a, at least two personal appointment and a professional appointment. The problem is if the personal appointment disagrees with the professional appointment, then how do you have, how do you decide, right? So then I would then say if you've got quite a lot of money in the trust, have a third for purposes of having the casting uh, vote, so that you can always have a a two one majority okay see the the, the the reality of these trusts is it's it's now becoming apparent to me that it's definitely not what you see on tv where the board of trustees sort of is like 17 people big and they're then deciding if little johnny should be allowed to buy oh, his latest you, porsche you get to a decision you'd wait a year with 17 trustees <laughs> okay so uh you reckon Two, three, three sounds right, because then they can break it, as you said, the tie break. Um, now, uh, Peter's in North Riding. I think we may have answered this question, but, but let's see. He wants to know which type of will would be the best for him if he owns a house overseas. So our first question, yeah, we did kind of answer this, but let's just answer it with the question. So the first question is, where is the, where is the house? If it's in the UK, if it's in Oz, then I would suggest, uh, you know, Peter does a worldwide will. Doesn't need to go running off and get in a solicitor uh, over there. If it's in Portugal and uh, Dubai, then I'm going to suggest that he does a South African will for South African stuff, and he does a will in in Portugal and Dubai, both of which we can we will do for them. For okay. See, that's the nice part I like is that I don't have to go because um, just heads up. Um, not only do they call themselves in the UK solicitors, they they also, I think, charge according to like how long the word solicitors is because they, they're not cheap, eh? <laughs> Compared to South Africa, they are not cheap, I must just tell you. Um, all right, so before I let you go, Alex, I think I've got one more here. Great. Uh, Chris, Chris is in Bryanston and he says, can trustees change the terms of a testamentary trust? So the short answer is no. Um, that trust and the terms of that trust are enshrined in the world that you created while you were, were alive. However, they, if something in, if something's happened when, after you passed away, that's not in the interest of the beneficiaries and hasn't been thought about in terms of the will, and maybe the will wasn't uh, uh, drafted very well, um, then they can apply to the high court to to have certain things changed, but it's very unlikely. Very unlikely, and and like I said, it's a huge court application with the advocates and the this and the that, and they've really got 
the onus of proof that there's a, a, a reason to change it. Um, and it must only be in the interest of the beneficiaries. So I think the short answer is no, but as with everything, there's an exception, but the exception is unlikely. All righty. Okay. Well, it, it about wraps it up for us today, Alex. I'm sure you've still got lots to do recovering from, uh, from your launch. Um, yeah. and then coming up, it's like September's around the corner and September's Will's month. So yeah. that's, that's also, I'm sure something you guys are, are gearing up for. Uh, talking about yeah. that, you're going to be, you're going to be chatting uh, to me in September, um, about Will's month and, uh, Apparently, there's some exciting new developments from you guys. So I'm going to be very, very excited to hear about that. Um, if people have got any questions related to wills or trusts or anything uh, that they would uh, like to be covered, Alex, so uh, they can just uh, drop us an email. Yeah, they can drop us an email or, or quickly visit um, capitallegacy.co.today. You can't miss it. It's I've got a question and you, you hit the button and put your, give us your question and and one of my, my team will, will be in touch. Talk to you after and help you. Good. Well, we could also, uh, you can also send any questions uh, that you may have to what's involved at capitallegacy.co.za. That's W A T T S involved at capitallegacy.co.za. Alex, as always, thank you for taking time out of your schedule. Um, we, we, we really do appreciate it. And I know how busy you are. Um, and, uh, we're going to be chatting again next month. Anything else they need to know about uh, getting their wills in place? What do they need to do? So I think the the easiest and quickest thing to say to, to someone is don't procrastinate, get in touch. We will do everything in our power to make it an easy process for you. All you have to do is just go to capitallegacy.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.